Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Casterbaris. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a Doctor, but I am. I'm a Doctor. That's probably not the one you expect. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Big Audience Inside the New Who Doctor Who Watch On Podcast. Um, it's Tim. Tim's always here. No Harry Murdoch for like, what's this, the eighth or seventh time? Now Harry just decides he doesn't want to show up. He doesn't want to be part of the show. And uh, that's a lie. We just couldn't make our schedules meet. But replacing Harry, as always, is the one and only Mr. Harrison Tinley. Harrison, how are you? Hello, hello. Um, as always, you know, thanks for having me on. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. And, uh, yeah, we're going to, you know, talk about news. But first of all, we might sound slightly different. We might sound slightly more high-tech than normal. That's because we're actually in, like, a proper, super-duper podcast studio. What do you make of it, Tinley? I mean, um, it's classy, guys, yeah. I mean, when you, well, if you ever, well, see it, which <laughs> you won't, unfortunately, um, it's pretty classy stuff. Yeah, this is an upgrade, to say the least, from what we used to. What, Zoom? <laughs> pretty much, yeah, and just, like, awful uh, quality, to be honest, but no, this is this is next level. Leather microphone, some big soundproof booths, a mixing desk. It's much better than sitting around a uh, one snow, oh, yeah. blue snowball microphone in my bedroom going, okay, yeah, what, just what's so all said now? <laughs> it's just a tad. Um, first week's first, there's no watch long this week because, like I said, ah, Harry isn't here, boo, so we haven't been able to record it, sweet. but we have got lots of fun news coming up. Harry, uh, oh. Oh, you did it. <laughs> Harry, shall I start you off with some um, good news? Yeah, okay, yeah. That's Are you familiar with Dot Two Time Fracture? Uh, I've heard of it, and I've heard of its problems. <laughs> yeah, well, this is good news. It's not been flooded. It's not shut what? down. No. no one in the cast has caught COVID. The adventure continues. We're thrilled to announce that Doctor Who Time Fracture will be extending its current run through to September 2022. Tickets available from Wednesday the 16th of February, which is today. Uh, oh, oh, wow. I mean, uh, how much... How much did they uh, pay you to say that? <laughs> they didn't it pay sounds me like such a sponsorship. <laughs> but I, know, I just think it's good because it had all these problems and I sort of thought... Yeah, thank God. I didn't know how well a Doctor Who sort of immersive theatre thing was going to do these days because mm. I know like they used to do the experiences and the exhibitions around the UK when like the show was at its highest like ratings and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, you know, it's not as popular as it used to be. But stuff like this still works. I think that's great. Yeah, no, it's it, it's awesome to hear that it's now finally up and like running now. Hopefully, without any more issues of the flooding, because it's sounding awful. And and with everything now um, here in in the UK anyway, that's slowly lifting out now of of COVID. Hopefully, we I don't think there is anything really that's still restricted by. It. I think everything's back to normal. But the, I mean, the everything's open, but yeah. there's still um, you know there's still restrictions in place. Um, yes, that's good. I'm, I am in London uh, oh, next when? weekend. Okay, yeah. I'm going down to London Comic Con to meet Jodie Whittaker. Oh, I see. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Yes, no, that's I huge. Do, I would pop along, but I can't really be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. No. Uh, but no, it's good that stuff like that. I feel like I'm hoping when Russell comes back, we're going to get more stuff like that. Yeah, we you can only hope. I mean, like, I honestly think it will happen because, like, you know, he made Doctor Who... A brand, and a, and then I guess like Stephen like Moffat was able to help elevate onto a global scale. But yeah. I I do hope that we get a lot more of this, and hopefully it's a step in the right direction. I'd say. Yeah, I think like the the thing that should always come first is the show, the show Doctor Who needs to come first. But I feel like nothing hurts that by branching off into like 
theatre shows, West End oh, shows, yeah. touring, science museums. It's nice to have the variety over than, you know, it's just a TV show. It can be a lot more than that, and it is more than that. It's a huge franchise, and it's awesome to see it in other forms. I know, that's, something that, that's something that Russell's always said as well, isn't it? He's always called it a franchise. Like, yeah. I remember, like early, maybe about a year ago, he was saying it needed to do the whole Marvel thing, it needed those spin-off shows, there needed to be a Doctor Who streaming service. Or, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think he's right, and I think that's something that we're going to see a lot more yeah. of. Yeah, it's a lot more than you know, just an average TV show, it's a global phenomenon. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that thing that we talked about on the Watson Studio today? Yeah, um, it's actually quite hype. Um, yeah, the new trailer's out for, the, for uh, I don't know if it's the next one to come up, but the next ninth Doctor audio adventure. Is with... it the Fox set? Um, I think it's a story within the box set. Or is it, it the name of the whole box set? Uh, I know it's called Old Friends. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the name of the whole box set or just the story with the Cybermen in it. Or it's, it's a whole uh, thing about the I Cybermen. I think it's called. I think that's what the box set's called, yeah. Yeah. Because the Brigadier returns in one story. Oh, does he, yeah. And the Cybermen are back as well. So I yeah. feel like it's. Yeah. But what did you think to that trailer? I actually thought the trailer was actually hype. It was you haven't listened really to cool. those. I haven't. That first box set yet, have you? I haven't heard the other ones. And I've been kind of like. Uh, hoping for something like this to happen, like in these uh, box sets, I'll be completely honest, because otherwise it's all just been like, oh, um, you know, it's uh, Christopher is here and there's some random aliens, and <laughs> it's not really had like the appeal. But if you just throw the Cybermen in there or something, yeah, that's gonna, you know, honestly, it's gonna hit everyone's appetite because I yeah. think everyone was craving that, you know, that, you know. He didn't ever get an encounter against Cybermen, but now he's gonna finally have that over than just you know seeing a head in a museum. Yeah, yeah. which is in the trailer. Yeah, I liked that. That little, that was a fun little thing. It's a nice note. I like the big finish trailers. Some of them are a bit hit or miss. Yeah, I mean, I really liked his like speech yeah. about the Cybermen and like their origins, and it felt you know like chilling. And that's what yeah. I love about the Cybermen. They're not just robots. Mm-hmm. The Chris Chibnall. Um, <laughs> they're actual humans who have upgraded. And I thought the trailer really, really sold that well. Yeah. What I was thinking was, um, what was I going to say? Um, I went back on the Big Finish YouTube channel. I went, like, put the videos in order from yeah. oldest to newest. And, like, the trailer for, like, when they did, like, this, what was, like, was like the 40th anniversary or... Uh, I remember when they had like a couple of older doctors. Oh, the um, I think it was called the Lego uh, Sea of Time. Yeah, I think something it was like Lego that. Sea yeah. of Time. And I was watching the trailer for that. And it's just done on iMovie. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a lot of Google Images movies ago, and I'm like, and yeah. then you look at what they're doing now. It's a massive step. It's up. actually got animation in it. Yeah, of, like, really good animation then, yeah. as well. Um, what do you think to Chris's performance just for that trailer? Because you're the big finish guy on the podcast. Yeah, we're always coming to you with the big finish stuff. <laughs> I want to know, because when I've listened to the David Tennant stuff, I really like it, but it also doesn't quite fit what I remember. Yeah, I mean, you know, just hearing Chris in that trailer saying an epic monologue about the Cybermen is cool. I think any Doc 2 fan here and that's going to be like, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, I mean, you know, as I said earlier, I haven't heard his other audio stuff, but I've always, you know, believed that every Doctor really shines when they're either up against the, you know, the Holy Trinity, essentially, Dalek, Simon or Master. It brings out the best in every Doctor. Um, And, you know, because of how, at this point anyway, in the audios, he hasn't met Rose yet and obviously had all that. So he's, you know, still carrying the PTSD of the time war. Yeah. And so I kind of hope, you know, that a reflex in his counter um, 
against the Cybermen because yeah. he, he's quite a um, a uh, emotionally driven doctor. Yeah. He's very powerful. Yeah. Um, what do you think then to Matt Smith? Because he never got to meet the Master. Yeah, I mean, I've always hoped it would happen. And yeah. you never know, like, anniversary special <laughs> or another audio in, like, what, 80 years' time or yeah. something. But, um, yeah, I mean... Geronimo. It was always a bit annoying because he's the only, well, I mean, apart from Chris as well, but he's the only, like, new who doctor who's, like, been around a while but hasn't had that. He also didn't meet Davros. He didn't meet Davros either. But, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, he didn't have a lot and he didn't have any returning companions from, you know, the RTD era because I guess it was, like, a lot separate. But, no, like, it'd be really cool to see... Uh, you know Matt Smith encounter the master because like I've always uh, I always like you know the episode um, Amy's choice you know where he, you know he had the chance to meet the Dream Lord. The Dream Lord that should have been this week's episode. Oh, I sit off feds. Well, um, I guess that you know you guys will uh, get the chance to talk about that. But I've always kind of loved their dynamic. Yeah, so, Toby Jones and Matt yeah, Smith. Yeah, so uh, you know if it's anything like that, that would be amazing. Yeah. It worked so well for that. Only the one episode. Yeah, it's strange that. Um, Harrison, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the podcast, but right. what, we, what we do now is we go on to a segment where we do whatever we're going to turn into the video this yeah. week. You know the laws of YouTube. Yes. The video has to be at least eight minutes long. Ah, uh, dear, yeah. So what Flip I'm going to do is we're going to do a countdown, and then I'm going to ask you a very clickbaity question. Right. And I need your best reaction to that question. Okay, my honest okay. reaction, yeah. Okay. You've got to hit me with this. Three, two, one. Harrison, what would you say if I said it's about time we recast some of the old Doctor Who's? Oh, how no, how no. I mean, and okay, right, here's my argument for this. It's already happened with David Bradley, and although I like him, it's still hard to see, because it's like, it's not it's not Hartnell, so... Yeah. But I, I know it happened in Classic Who also, but no, I wouldn't... I wouldn't like it. I think if it's age, I age of the actors, I understand, but I think you know voiceover can work so well. If anyone has watched uh, Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> um, you know at the ending where you hear the voices of all the Jedi, yes, and uh, that is cool. Yeah. So no, I would be really against it personally. Whilst we wait for the news of Jodie Whittaker's, Jodie Whittaker's successor to be announced. Presumably sometime prior to filming on Series 14, Big Finish have installed another first Doctor into the TARDIS. Over the past few years, the company, makers of official licensed audio dramas in the world for Doctor Who, have engaged in a policy of sensitive recasting early companions such as Ben, Harry and Durda. Durda? Who's Durda? Um, uh, actually, this is a Hartnell companion that was only around for a few episodes. Oh, really? <laughs> Are enjoying fair no, adventures with actors. In the Pertwee era, the daughters of Caroline John and Elizabeth Slane are now played by their respective mother's roles. Mm. Uh, Daisy Ashford plays Liz Shaw and Sadie Miller plays Sarah Jane Smith. The recasting of Doctors remains a tricky subject. Uh, well, we'll skip through all this. But basically, Big Fish have recast yet again the first Doctor. Mm. You may remember that they brought David Bradley in to yes. do the role. Yeah, they did it seems that that's still going ahead. But for now, um, Stephen Nonna, N-O-O-N-A-N, right. Noonan? is a character actor and former member of the RCS, RSC. Uh, He was originally narrator of The Great British Bake Off from 2011, and has also previously appeared on Spooks and Cassandra's Dreams and various stage productions with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Um, Yes, what do you think to that? (sighs) 
it's always a tough one. On audio, it's more... I can more pass it on audio. Like, you know, ages ago, you know that um, audio that came out on YouTube, that um, parts one that had... Um, uh, nine and twelve me and it That's was a very it good, was a yeah. uh you know fan audio and i thought like that was uh passable you know like yeah. i i could hear both could of hear those them. rules yeah so i'm i'm open to it on audio i'm a lot more um okay with it because obviously you're hearing it and and you know it's the doctor like i don't always think a voice sells a character it's more dialogue as well you know yeah, yeah. you know if you hear geronimo you know that's you know a line from a certain doctor etc yeah. but on audio i'm okay with it i mean in terms of like you know recasting companions you know i don't have an issue with that yeah. um it's more you know the main role of the doctor but i mean on audio, it's passable as long as the performance is good. And like, I trust in big finish now as a brand. I honestly think everyone does at this point. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, think they know what they're doing. So I play you a clip of this guy. Yeah. So I can play it for your headphones. You'll I hear can it. just hear an honest reaction. I'm, yeah. I might instantly go, uh, no thanks. Yeah. Or... Join Doctor Who for a new adventure. Atmospheric pressure, oxygen, temperature, radiation. Yes, it's all quite normal. Uh -huh. Now, let's have a look at the scanner, shall we? Hmm? <laughs> We're in a forest. I can see that, Doctor. But where? And when? Well, judging by those trees, I'd say, uh, England. Somewhere around the 13th century. <laughs> well, That's probably about enough of that. Yeah. I mean... Very different to David Bradley's. It is very different. I mean, I can hear Hartnell, but a lot of that's in the lines. His, you know, hmm, you know, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he always does. I don't know. I mean, it would take me time to get, you know, used to it. It's almost like the first time when we heard David Tennant on an audio. Yeah. It was a bit like, ooh, I don't know if I like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm okay with it as long as it's stellar, as long as it keeps like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'm very conflicted on it, but obviously I understand that, you know, over time, you know, actors are going to pass away or just not be interested. Yeah, yeah. So so it's going to happen eventually, and it is a nice way of keeping Doctor Who canon alive, you know, for classic fans who yeah. love that era. Well, what do you think the stuff then say? Like if they were for the sixtieth, right? Yeah, and they want to bring some classic actors in, but the, for whatever reason, they don't want to do another time crash where mm. Colin turns up and he looks like he does now, which isn't necessarily how he looks <laughs> yeah. when he originally did the show. Mm. How would you feel then to say if the budget allowed it and they could do it successfully to mm. some de aging? I mean, if it looks good, I'd say. If it's like, um, you know, um, Grandma Tarkin. Yeah, I, I was, I was, yeah, or um, you know, yeah, spoilers for the rest of the Mandalorian. Um, you know, Luke, you know, turning up and and how he looked, I think was passable. Yeah. Um, as long as it's done right, but obviously, I know it isn't going to be like an Alfred Molina in No Way Home. Not going to have that much cash. Yeah. Um, as long as it looks believable, could I, I would hate to watch the anniversary and enjoy it and think, oh, yeah, they've clearly, you know, that's awful yeah. CGI. But that is kind of the charm of Doctor at times where it looks naff and yeah. you think, okay, yeah. But I also feel funny. like at the same time, Doctor Who fans, they don't care that 
John Pert, well, but Tom Baker doesn't necessarily look like he did. Yeah, true. And Sylvester McCoy looks slightly older. I mean, yeah. I think it's more just seeing them on screen and what it represents that people are more interested. I, I You know, to be honest, I would agree, because even when Tom, you know, uh, turned up in a Day of the Doctor and he was the, uh, well, quote-unquote, creator or whatnot, yeah. it was still, you know, very impactful. I mean, you know, sure, I mean... I guess their options are they either like just have them as they are, like old, and there's some in canon explanation for it, yeah. or they actually do de age them, or they do voiceover only, as I said. But I do agree with you. I mean, you know, seeing the classic guys on screen would make, I think, any Dot Who's um, fan heart like melt. Yeah. Have you heard the, uh, vo- the voice actor they've got in on Big Finish to do the work for Matt Smith? Uh, no, I haven't even... Jacob Dudman, he's fantastic, he's so good. Is he really good, yeah? Really, really good. Fair, I'll take your word for it. Uh, should we move on to some other news, Harold? Yes. Uh, Harold? Oh, Harold, I damn, wow. Um, John Bishop, Cold. he's been speaking about what it was like filming Doctor Who during COVID, uh, saying he joined at the wrong time. Uh, <laughs> let me find a quote here from Bishop. John said, when you're talking about a global franchise, you've got Friends, you've got Dalton Abbey. Doctor Who, you know, for me, it's a big deal... And it's pretty that I got into it, but I got into it at the wrong time. Uh, one second. I'm full of cold, so I'm just going to blow my nose. Charming. Uh, there we go. Much better. Uh, the year I got into it was the COVID year. And we had, we had big screens with me, like the whole characters, basically running around the whole work, knocking these aliens out called some tyrants. <laughs> uh, I mean, Doctor Who, I'll do a year in Doctor Who, and then I spoke to people who have been in it, and they said, what do you do? Um, because obviously it's miserable in January and February, so you go off to South Africa or somewhere to create a new landscape for alien worlds. I got it during the COVID years. We stayed in Cardiff. Uh, That was my experience of shooting on location. But other things that I found as well, because I had never done anything like that before, I I had done little bits of acting, but I had not done anything that was that established. The stunts, stunts, uh, the stunts, stunts and positions of stunts in the show... I kept getting told off because I didn't realise that falling over is a stunt and there's a risk <laughs> and there's a risk assessment. Um, yeah, I didn't really think of that. Like this is John Bishop's only year on Doctor. Who. I'd be mm. very surprised if Russell carries him over. Yeah. Um, fantastic character. I absolutely love Dan as a character. I think he's great, very funny. But I didn't really think of it as an from an actor's point of view that he's not had the same experience that everybody else has. Yeah, true. I mean, if you really think about it, if he, he's in the uh, specials as it is, so he's only going to have what um, two more outings. So that's nine episodes he would yeah. have had. So that's uh, uh, that's not even ten. It's not even a full yeah real run I mean, of the show. It would be like nice if he was kept on in in the RT era, but it would have to work well. I mean. Um, I understand his, you know, uh, point of view. As an actor, if you get on a job, you know, COVID is going to impact that. And obviously because of how, you know, Flux was, you know, cut down. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. He's not going to have as much time, you know, you know, to work with his colleagues as others have in the show's history, you know. So I, I can completely understand that. But I think even though his time, if it is going to be short... Um, you know, um, as you said earlier, like Dan has had an impact on on, on Doctor. I I I think he was one of the highlights of Flux. I do wish he has more screen time in the upcoming specials, but um, yeah, you know, like 
sometimes it's quality over quantity, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, I prefer Dan over Clara, and Clara had two and a half seasons, and I prefer Dan. Seems like Clara had more than that. There you go. So, but it just that it, was it a, highlights a lot. That was a companion who overstayed their welcome. I I would agree, and that isn't any. That's no diss to Jenna Coleman, no, no, but no, no, it's no. just I just think the character was on too long. But anyway, that's, I don't know. You that's look at someone like Yaz, the longest serving you companion. Yeah, and I'm not really tired of her yet. I really like that dynamic. I, I mean, I've grown. I've grown to like Yaz more. In series 11, I, I had zero care for her, being yeah. completely honest with you. But no, she has grown, and obviously um, I think she's now going to be vital to this era now as a whole because of now her involvement romantically anyway yeah. with uh, the Doctor, which is clearly going to have some kind of oomph. Well, I hope she's going to have some oomph. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, let's move on. Yeah. It's very strange doing the news myself. <laughs> Normally, I just sit here and I let Harry rabble on about yeah. something. Uh, Matt Strevens, the um, Doctor Who producer, has mm. reflected on Flux and admits that Flux was a gamble. And uh, we didn't Ooh. really know how the audience would take it, surprising, because we took it well before. Uh, Flux <laughs> was a bit of a gamble, really, Strevens told Doctor Who magazine. Uh, there was a bit of... There was a bit of... Necessi- Ooh. Oh, mm. hang on. Uh, it was a bit of a necess- necessity, there yes, we go, so in the way we had to structure it because COVID and we didn't really, oh, fuck you, all the ads loading and throwing me out of my place. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> my apologies. Um, it was a bit of a necessity. Where the hell's that quote? A bit of a necessity in the way we had to structure it because of COVID and we didn't really know how the audience would take it, but it seems we would have gone down really well. It seems the audience really loved going back to what to, to what it was in a way, a more traditional classic form of Doctor Who storytelling. I think Series 12, 2020, was a programmission from Series 11, 2018, mm. in terms of storytelling... Uh, progression, sorry, from two, from Series 11, in terms of storytelling. We wanted to get out... We wanted to set out our stalls in Series 11 and show what, era, what this era was about. We didn't want to rely on old tropes and monsters. We wanted to do our own thing, launch our own Doctor... When we came back, we wanted the show to be more exterior. We wanted to go more locations. That's why we went to South Africa to get that bigger production bang and, of course, sun. We wanted more filmic quality, which is why we bought in uh, anamorphic lenses. No idea what they are. <laughs> All of that was about making it more of a cinematic experience. And, yeah, I think we both agree that Doctor Who flux out of the whole Chimney era, the whole Jodie era, mm. has been the strongest. Yeah, I would argue it has, and um, although they like say it was a gamble, like I do agree with that. It was something very different. Yeah. Um, however, like I do, you know, think it worked well. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, think it's, you know, perfect by um, any means or whatnot. But it's, you know, it was enjoyable to watch. But like, I, I do, you know, find it interesting how he says, you know, like. Um, how they learned from s- series twelve and how, like, I think a lot of folks would agree, and I don't know if I'm in, in, in the minority here, but like series twelve, I think the only thing that kept everyone hooked was the whole thing of the timeless child, and every yeah. time it was a filler episode like Praxis or something, I was, you know, struggling to watch it because yeah, yeah. I wasn't just engaged. And but here a flux like every uh, like every cliffhanger it was like oh what's going to happen next it was yeah. I was hooked you know and we watched a lot of these episodes together yeah, we did yeah and it was always a case of at the end of every episode we would look at each other and go 
did that warrant me enough to want to come yeah. back this week? I think every week, maybe apart from two, did make me want to come back every week. Yeah, I did. Like, yeah, I mean, that's the you know that's the kind of uh, you know beauty of it that this is um, a condensed storyline and it held um, it you know juggled a lot of uh, characters, settings, plot lines, etc. Um, I do, you know, think it was a bit crowding that last episode. I, I don't think the last episode quite hit the landing yeah. uh, for me personally. But, you know, to see, you know, what they could achieve in uh, under very tight uh, production, you know, guidelines under COVID um, and the quality of it, I thought they, you know... Did a good job. Yeah, we'll, we'll still talk about Flux, because this is something I mentioned to you yesterday. Sure. Is that uh, the BBC now again, they publish on the BBC writers' website scripts to Doctor Who. Yeah. So that budding script writers, such as myself and, you know, whatever, can go on and get reference material mm. and stuff like that and read the scripts. This was the original ending for uh, Revolution of the Daleks. So I'm going to read this to you. I will also do the voices. Hmm. <laughs> um, Graham O'Brien... Where was he from? Oh, he's from London, wasn't he? I'm not going to do the voices. Doc, I was wrong. We do get aliens in Sheffield. He and Ryan leave. The Doctor doesn't move, talks to herself, and in an, an inner monologue spilling out the Doctor. I could always use the TARDIS to go back, arrive there an hour after you guys did, change the timeline, then we'd have more time together. Yaz looks at her. She understands. Yaz Khan. It's okay to be sad. Jack comes crashing in through the doors breathless, close upon the Doctor and Yaz the end there we go so wow. the original ending for uh, Revolution of the Daleks yeah was that Jack uh, played by John Barrowman was going to come back into the TARDIS at mm. the end of the episode because that's one thing that seemed to confuse a lot of fans because there seems to be that voiceover at the end didn't there where does he say he's found Gwen yeah, he said he's found Gwen and that he's was he on Earth he's he's on Earth and he's found Gwen Earth, yeah, yeah. So I feel like maybe by the time this special had come out, COVID was already a thing, I think, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. So I feel that they had, and it was also, if we're being serious for a second, it was also before all the John Barrowman stuff come out and all the Noel Clark stuff came out. Yeah. So I think that the reason maybe Jack was written out of the series was probably due to COVID. Yeah, uh, potentially. And that yeah. And that dialogue at the end was just a quick add-on. Yeah, you could say because um, you know it's, uh, it's something that that's we to say that about. that scene might not even have been filmed. That's the thing. Uh, is if it's in that you know uh, alternate ending, going to call it that. But you know what we talked about with how I think you know Vinder's role in Flux was very much like Jack's. I honestly think if you replace, well, it doesn't always work. But I I feel like you know Jack's role could have been Vinder's and vice versa. Um, but, you know, um, I think it, you know, would have been nice having John in there again, because obviously, you know, they hyped it up a lot that, you know, like, Jack's here, Jack's back, and it's like, well, for one episode and a cameo in, you know, series 12, so it would have been really, you know, nice to see more of that, I mean, I don't have a clue if he'll turn up again in the other episodes, in the specials, I highly doubt it, but it would have been nice, you know? Yeah, it would have been nice, I think... It also would have been very awkward. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a bit awkward because I don't know if it's, you know, too s- soon or whatnot with yeah. regards to the controversy, but yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, like I didn't really think about that, but it's, you know, two people who study film mm. recently, I've been learning about scripts, and the thing is that scene might have just been written in the scripts, but then because of budget reasons, time restraints, whatever, just might not have ever been filmed. So it could be an original script thing. Yeah. Um, that was then changed quite late in the day. Um, that was originally the last piece of news, Harry, but there is some other... Harry, oh. Uh, did I say Harry? You did. I keep doing it you today. You maniac. Ah, <laughs> but we got some um, Russell T. Davis news as well. Shocker. Harrison. Uh, which I'm just going to give a quick Google search for Russell T. Davis. Here he is. Yeah. He's been talking about why he decided he was going to return to Doctor Who. Right. Is um, it a paycheck by any chance? Um, it just feels new. Uh, Doctor Who returning showrunner Russell T. Davis has been talking about his experience of um, scripting the 14th season, which airs next year. That's not right. Uh, no. It airs 2023. 2023 is next year. No, tw- we, oh, I don't know. Yeah, because we're in 2022 now. Yeah. Last September, <laughs> it was announced that Davis would succeed Chris Chibnall, who's stepping, who's stepping away from the series, alongside groundbreaking star Judy Whittaker, the first woman to play the Doctor. Uh, I'm looking for a quote here. This is from Russell. <clears throat> there are things coming up that are brand new ways of telling a story that have never been done before, so it just feels new. Um, I wouldn't go back if it wasn't feeling new. But that's the thing about Doctor Who. Every episode is new. Every single episode. Um, I'm sitting here now, 10 pages away from a climax, thinking, God, I've never written in this tetri before. Uh, this is strange and new, so it's always new. It's very, it's a self-renewing show. So that's kind of exciting to know that we're, like, I think for those worried, you're going to get Russell tropes. Yeah. You're going to have family. It's inevitable. You're going to have family. You're going to have political issues brought into it, like he always has done. But the fact that, that it's all going to be brand new is very exciting. And the actual way he's going to tell the stories, it seems, is going to be new. I don't think that means multi-platform. Like, watch one episode on your phone and finish the rest off in a yeah. game or read the comic book. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be mm. a television show, right? Yeah, I just, like, I don't know if he's going to inherit a lot of Flux traits, as in, like, it's going to be um, a smaller run or um, whatnot. But I do hope, you know, that we get the return of the um, story arc or, like, the... Um, gimmick if it's going to be you know um vote saxon torchwood yeah, or, yeah. you know something like that um but because that's rewarding to fans who watch the series it for a is long rewarding time. to fans like um hence why i felt so alienated as a viewer in uh series 11 because there wasn't anything to hook me there was no like story arc or whatnot so like you know um i kind of hope it goes in the direction of flux but um you know like Knowing his work, you know, he writes very, very quality stuff. Um, you know, um, everyone has their own um, uh, opinion on him, but I I believe he's an incredible writer. And if he's honestly infused, you know, by it, I just really hope this isn't the BBC going, look, we are desperate. Here's a huge paycheck. Help us. Yeah. I honestly hope he's gone right. I want to, you know, do this again purely because I want to and I have brand new ideas yeah. you know, that can help this franchise out that I care about so much. I've just found a hat on the floor. Uh, is it yours? Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm very excited to see what he's going to do with it. And the fact that he's writing it ten, ten pages away from a climax. Now, that he's already written a 60th. Mm. Um, we've talked about that before. We will leave that where it is. The yep. videos are going to talk about why David Tennant definitely is returning for Doctor Who's 60th anniversary. You know, watch that. Um but I feel like he 
airs this next year is when the 60th airs. So does that mean we're getting a series before the 60th and then this then the 60th is the new Doctor special? Anything could happen to be fair. I honestly I don't know I don't know what's going to happen cuz like you know we talked about having a new Doctor being thrown into the 60th and like that pressure. If it was like a small cameo like how Capaldi was in Dare the Doctor where you just like, you know, the eyebrows and that's it. Um I don't know how it could work i honestly haven't got a clue what he's got planned i mean i honestly i would prefer a new series first to kind of you know to get the audience into this new era of the new uh doctor or companion if there is a new companion yeah um and then have the anniversary epic event you've already got the um you know santinary which is going to be the end of this current era with jody which which i presume is going to be high stakes i'm hoping for anyway well I don't know if you heard, but when we spoke before, um, the director, Jeremy Magnus Strong, said that the 14th Doctor was not on set that day. Right. They filmed Jodie's last episode in chronological order, mm. or at least her last day. So her last day was her regeneration. Yeah. And Jodie had said she wasn't on set with the 14th Doctor. Russell had said at that point that the 14th Doctor had not been cast. Right. Um, we know that... the. The Fairfield Doctor also does not regenerate inside the TARDIS. She okay. regenerates outside the TARDIS. That's a nice change for once. So, my theory is that we might, it might be an open-ended regeneration. I don't think you're going to see a face more. I mean, I'll be quite honest. I'll actually be up for that because um, I think that's always been a highlight of the show. You know, like, I think everyone knows where they were sat when uh, David Tennant got shot by a Dalek yeah. and it was that open ending like I we, remember uh, yeah. yeah like like are we going to Matt Smith is this is, David he, Morrissey? is he dead yeah, yeah like anything was open and the hype that the whole uh, nation had in that one week was it was an event you yeah. know and I think that's as I've always uh, you know said on this channel a highlight of this era of Doctor Who is, is the secrecy of that doubt yeah. and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Chibs is to pull this off and just go like, right, you know, open ending. And, yeah. Or if it is to go into the anniversary where like I've heard, you know, well, you know, theories have talked about on this channel anyway, you know, that the whole anniversary is perhaps the process of the regeneration. Yeah. And, I don't know. Because something we've always we've thrown out is that the 60th will be a 10th Doctor-led story. And you don't get a new Doctor in it. You mm. get the 10th Doctor and he goes on an adventure and he meets Matt, he meets Peter, he meets Chris, he meets Jodie. Mm. And then at the end he maybe then meets the 14th Doctor. Maybe. And then you get introduced to him that way. Because then that way you're getting a 60th, you're getting the biggest Doctor Who actor who's still with us, who can still realistically play that part, David. Yeah. Um, you're also then bringing back viewers because they want to see David Tennant, they want to see a Russell episode again, they want to see Tennant. Yeah. It's the 60th. People are going to watch it anyway. But then also you then bring them, you then tease them with what's to come with this other version of the Doctor, this future version. And I feel that then that then leads quite well on into that. I just, I honestly hope that uh, 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 the reveal is to happen like on air, like live or whatnot. Oh, what, like the actor? Like yeah. when they did Jodie at Wimbledon and stuff like that? Yeah, but like... You know, rather than have like an a announcement tweet. for it, yeah, yeah, it just happens in the episode. I know that might be Im- impossible, you know, to do. 
oh, do you mean like they don't tell us who the actor is and, and he shows what? up? In I'd quite him like that. I would love that. Could Edward send folks going crazy if you go into the new series of Doctor Who, but you don't know who the Doctor the is? The next Doctor will be revealed in this. Special. Yeah, and then it will get everyone to watch. That's it. a very good idea. I hadn't I, thought it, of that. It'd just be brilliant because the whole thing of like announcing the Doctor before, like, like you know, you know. Sure, it's huge. It goes all over the news, but if, you know, if they really want to up the viewing figures or whatnot, that's how you do it. Just yeah. say, "Look, you have to watch." Find yeah, out. yeah. If you think about it, when they announced Jodie at Wimbledon, yeah, people instantly, well, idiots instantly, went, I'm not going to watch you because she's a woman. Yeah, yeah. And people didn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, people. There would have been a set number of people who yeah. didn't watch it because of that reason. Unfortunately, whereas so. if they went, say, if they're going to do that again, or yeah. it's going to be a, a, an actor of color or a yeah. disabled actor or whatever. Somebody who isn't a white male, right? Yeah. Say if they did that, and they say, "Well, you're going to find out who it is in the episode, so you have to watch it anyway." I think that because you're be going to watch it because David Tennant's in it. You're going to watch it because Matt Smith's in it. You're going to watch it because we've brought you into it, yeah. and now you're going to see who it I is. I so hope this happens, and I honestly think if anyone can do it, it's kind of going to be that uh, baton uh, passing between uh, you know Chips and RTD. If yeah. it was Stephen. Moffat, he would have already announced it like <laughs> like a year in advance or something. Um, but it would just be incredible because, like, you know, Chibs is great at keeping secrets. You know, like, going into Flux, no one had a clue what it was about. Yeah. No one knew what it was about. And then, obviously, you got, um, you know, Sasha Dewan, you know, uh, turning up in Spyfall, which caught everyone off guard. It was, oh, shit, like, it's the Masters here. Yeah. I so hope this happens. I, I honestly think it'd be a great idea and yeah. it would be a real oomph into that opening, you know, if it's pilot episode anniversary or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great, yeah. Um, that, I generally hadn't thought of that. It's such a good idea. I mean, like, or like, it's going to come out in leaks, which <laughs> yeah. will probably, unfortunately, happen. I mean, I don't mind the leaks because the leaks are never... They never confirm the leaks. Yeah. You know, but as long as it's not like an Andrew Garfield, Tony Maguire thing where I'm looking at my phone yeah. and I go... Well, there they are. Yeah, <laughs> I can whoops. see them stood there. Um, but yeah, we've got no watch song this week. So this is kind of the tail end of the podcast as we slowly land this crashing plane into the ground. Mm. Uh, thank you, Harrison, for coming no back and Thanks doing this quick me. episode. I hope everybody's liked the new studio, the new sound. This isn't going to be a permanent thing, but when it's available, we will use it uh, because unfortunately, the studio isn't ours. We don't own it. It's owned by several other people, and other people use it all the time. So it's if we can book it, la da 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 da. Uh, but yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this. As always, fo- do you want to do the entrail stuff? Um, Subscribe. Oh yeah, us, like as always, guys. If you are into the podcast and um, the info, you know that we uh, uh, provide to you guys, um, don't uh, forget to give us a like, uh, a comment, or even uh, is subscribe to uh, Big on the Inside podcast. Where can they subscribe, Harrison? Yes, uh, that's the one. <laughs> no, where? where? Oh, oh, um. On YouTube, on Spotify, and on... That's it, right? iTunes. And iTunes, yes. And wherever else you get your podcasts from. Pretty much, yeah. Nice one. So thanks very much, everybody. We'll see you again next week when we come back, hopefully with a watch-along, where we're going to be doing Amy's Choice, and hopefully Harry will be back as well. No offence, Harrison. (laughs) No worries. Make sure you subscribe to the official Bigger on the Inside podcast.